With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Sumbell, the Italian, stolen by Weatherspoon. I think it's going to be showtime! Super Michigan with this lineup. McConnell got the hand up and still Bumpkin sticks it. Got his own rebound though. On the reset, Mulcahy down the lane. Nice pass ahead, Bailey. And the lob up front for Bonatti. Finishes the alley-oop. Oh, what a pass to set up a Bona. Northwestern down a pair on the road. The screen picked up by Hawkins on the switch. Six seconds to go. Bowie on the drive. Blocked. Thrown out. Shannon. Bowie. 2.7 to play. In Champagne. It's Friday. Fry. Yay. As I sit next to Damon Benning here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency 590 ESPN Omaha, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. Happy to have you with us on this Friday morning. Uh, a little bit of a flurry outside. I feel the Midwest weather uh, never disappoints. How about the, it comes and goes, and the, then comes again and goes. The order. It's a lot, it's a little more treacherous this morning than it was yesterday you think? morning. A little bit. Yeah, just because um, a little bit more of a shine, a glisten, especially around the curbs. Be careful out there. Not that we had anything melting yesterday, but it's so it's it's just weird how we have a, a little bit of ice, but the whatever the the little slick surface area from the the precip this morning is different. Did you skid? Not until I got into the parking lot. You know, just turning this turn right here. Yeah, the sharp one right in front of the to, restaurant. Seems to get everybody. <laughs> yeah. And and I would laugh. because well, it's downhill. I laugh little because it's gotten shame. You warned me about it. It's gotten Sasha, and she's in a pickup truck. And I think I said that right. Pickup. Yeah, it's a pickup truck, flatbed. And it finally got me today. Yeah, I didn't have any issues driving in this morning. And the funny thing was is because I just wanted to see if I could see parking lines. So I wasn't really dialed in i was kind of like do i want to park to the right of shane or to the left of shane just one of those things that only ridiculous people like me think about oh come on why do you think i park in eyesight opposed to you guys that do not park in eye view i don't know do you want to be able to see your vehicle at all times it's kind of weird but i mean i'm like i'm like that with a few things sitting in restaurants stuff like that. well we're here for three hours I'm not time? saying that anything could happen or bad will happen. It's really closer to four, four and a half. Right. <laughs> yeah. Once we're here and then once we stay here. But I like to see everything that happens. And plus, think about it. You know, cars start to pull up once the show ends. What if I get door dinged? Oh, you're that I'm guy. I'm in eyesight of my car. 
the duality of your personality is hilarious because deep down I think you should be 66, but you're really only 26. It's uh, You have these old man tendencies with this youthful exuberance. Yeah, you know, I do, I, do, I do like things <laughs> particular. My way. Yeah. Oh, I can tell. But I can adjust, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you told me I had to park on the other side of this wall, I would. I wouldn't be happy about it, but I'd do it. <laughs> like, there's an early delivery this morning here. So, and it kind of was weird me out. It's like whatever it is. It's six thirty. It's six forty, and you're like, I don't expect to hear anything in the kitchen. And there's like this rustling. I was like, huh, ratatouille. Oh. No, it was. Were you opening up the letter and reading it? No, they they had a distribution. Chart. Call my lawyer. Shane, what was the special that caught my eye yesterday? I can't even believe that I'm forgetting. What was peanut the butter PB and J wings? Yeah. Were they good? I haven't. I did. I haven't <clears throat> had the. I was asking Shane because. He's a child. No. So, did you end up eating yesterday? Here, no, but maybe today. Yeah. Are you going to get the wings? If if I do get something, it'll be the so wings. There is another the PB and J ones. Yeah. There is another place it's not in town. Peanut butter and jelly. It's like it's there is another place in town off a of hundred that does it in Old Mill that there. Yeah, it's not what you think, right? You think like jelly and peanut, but nah, it's it's more like a Thai peanut sauce, and theirs are smoked, and they're okay. fantastic. So I will definitely be. Man, well, I can't it? eat meat today. Yeah, so I, you know the bonus um, for the Lenten season is a lot of versatility mm-hmm. when you drive past places. I saw I was at a particular grocery store the other day, and they have, and they were doing it as I was kind of there. They have freshly battered beer cod under the, like in the shelf where you'd like yeah. go grab a steak. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And, I mean, there's a lot of different types of – they had a Mediterranean salmon. So I'm like, the, one of the cool things about this type yeah, of season you, is you get a – You spread you your have, taste. You have a lot more options. And, I'm right. a, and I like seafood. Same. So I, the rest of my house does not, although Micah's in with me. But I, I like the options. Big shrimp guy, big fish guy. I wonder if Hale Varsity Club has any fish on so, the menu. Yeah, uh, and the the – and a couple of places like fast food that don't typically do fish, it's back. You know what else is back? And I'm a little saddened. I may have a bone to pick with Shane because he didn't throw this highlight in there. Oh, come on, Shane. Shane, the Battlehawks won last night. Yeah. Why the f- is Shane walking in there? That weather in Seattle was super interesting. I like the Battlehawks roster, though. McCarron's well is, put together. McCarron's a stud. McCarron is the Tom Brady of the XFL. He just makes the dude hadn't played since 2021. Perfect. Although we got to figure out what to do with Seattle's uniforms. Yeah, not great. Yeah, not great. No. But I'll tell you what, though. Got out to a 12 nothing lead too. You yeah. felt like you were like felt like they were looking good. Yeah. Well, that's the Battle Hawks at least this year. Hey, let's show up in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> let's not play the first half. <laughs> Tell you what, I man. like the XFL. Me too. I don't, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I, I just I like. Don't either. I like watching football. I like. You know what? I sat in bed last night and said, "Man, it's cool to be watching football right now, uh. like a literal game." Plus, the way that they do it is so 
different than the NFL. I like a few. I works. like a few of the rules too. So we're gonna get into that in our next segment. <laughs> I wanted to get into it first, but we will talk to Mike. Yeah, we got to get Schaefer early. Ten. So normally he's our seven thirty spot, but I want to go into some of those rules because I think it could benefit the NFL if they chose to adopt. Uh, outside of that, we've got a great show planned for you today. We will go over our roster review still with the Nebraska offense. We'll talk offensive line. I felt that was fitting after hearing from Donovan Rayola yesterday. We will talk to John Dolliver, NSAA assistant director who oversees basketball and state down in Lincoln. Yeah, busy, um, busy time. And high school basketball. How about that last night? Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's Talk about magic in February. It's wide open. For a lot of uh, for a lot of folks, now I don't listen. Bellevue US is like yeah, right. Even Scott uh, Ogallala, who's undefeated, and even though I know some people question their schedule, they're not. They're used to making runs this time of year. Everybody kind of jockeying is all over the place. Did it surprise you what happened to Scott? Yes, but they've kind of been. They've kind of been traipsing along a little bit. They haven't been the same, in my opinion, since Jake Brack's injury against Central. You know, he's. I, th- I think it's a rib issue. Um, you know, they're they're trying to kind of piece it together, but they're definitely they appear vulnerable. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, Platview, whomever, somebody is is gonna have to run them down from behind though. And apparently, you know, Connor Milliken feels pretty good. That knee is back. He Darner has a triple double last night. I think he goes thirty six and sixteen. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, chips in I, from you know Trey Mosman finding his rhythm in that offense, and they shoot the three so well. It'll be interesting um, to see how folks are seated. And you asked me about districts in Class A. I think it's tough for. It's tough. It is. It's going to be really it, tough. It, my my, my daughter's ride. got uh, Miller North got Central tonight, which should be very interesting at Miller North. That's at six. So, you know me. It's a fun time for me, especially when I'm not coaching. Like in football, I can just go around and watch. I like. It's fun for me. Well, this is the best time to be a high school basketball fan. Yeah, is this stage in the game, uh, Nebraska has a big game this weekend as well along with Creighton but uh, it's kind of cool how the, the the local schools had some time off correct and uh, we'll talk all of that later on in the show we'll set up the nine o'clock hour in a few moments as well but right now I want to welcome in Mike Schaefer Mike is the Nebraska football and recruiting uh, reporter insider whatever you want to call him he's Mike Schaefer the man. for 24-7 sports Mike good morning Good morning, guys. I do answer to a bunch of different names, so wherever you want to go with it, all. <laughs> the all bearded warrior, Mike J. You're on the move early this morning, so we appreciate you um, helping us out. If we have some time, because this is a, a bigger hour for us, a little bit, we got to get into how to teach Andrew the smash patty technique because his first experience with the smash patties, as he would say, was just okay. I tell I him say that. I tell him it's a little more difficult than people actually think to just make a nice thin crispy patty, but we'll save that, okay? So know that that's on deck. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's fine. I'll put together a PowerPoint and I'll get it over to him. Oh, please. No, please. but but Shafe, though, in full disclosure, though, it that the griddle is tough to negotiate. It's kind of trial and error, at least early on, right? Yeah, and if you're like me and you have it on a deck, you never really know what the wind is going to be like, and that right. can really mess with your uh, consistency and temperature and cook time and everything else. It's all about so, you know. It's all about the prep. If you don't get the prep right, yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have the stuff ready to go. See, I kind of half ass the prep, and I still manage to make it work. So I feel like Andrew well, should be fine. Maybe I'll learn that in the PowerPoint. <laughs> hey, hey, Shafe, thoughts early on? You know, and Coach Rule was was quick to bring it to my attention about the first recruits in classes. We were joking about 2024s. He gets one. He says, "Hey, I'm just telling you. You know, I'm the first guy to recruit in the class." My last couple of stops is is playing in the NFL. Just saying. Turns out Gradney yeah, beat every, uh, turns out Gradney beat everybody to the punch. Yeah, Roger Gradney uh, jumps on a an offer he received over the weekend, and a guy that I think other teams in the country thought they maybe had stashed away a bit in Texas that they could do some more evaluation on because he missed so much time with a labrum tear in his hip, which sounds incredibly painful. My my daughter had that, uh-huh. missed a whole year. Uh, that just sounds awful. Yeah. Bad. Uh, but, you know, this is a guy that is a, a really intriguing athlete, another track guy, another athlete that put up a 10-8 in the 100-meter. I believe he had a, a high jump um, of 6-4. I mean, he's just a, a guy that's a, a pretty good athlete that can – Play, you know, either wide receiver or defensive back, more likely, probably looking on the defensive side of the ball. Hey, keep it right there. Uh, who was your favorite to dig up and possibly reminisce on? For, for what in, do you mean? In, in regards to that first recruit over the last 10 years? Oh, uh, you know, it's fascinating. Like, they break into a couple different categories. You probably have half of them are in state guys. And then half of those in-state guys are playing in the NFL, and the other half didn't finish their career with Nebraska. You get guys that didn't even make it to campus, and then some that were really highly talented didn't really play until they were seniors. So you kind of get the whole spectrum of recruiting looking at Nebraska's first commits over the last 10 years. Shay, in that dive, how long did that take you? Uh, a lot of it was just trying to remember who the guys were or, you know, <laughs> there's one time I, I like was looking at articles for John Raritan and I kept referencing him as a second commit in the class. And I just completely forgot about Jared Bubach, <laughs> which sounds weird to say, cause that was a big deal at the time. Yeah. But that was probably the one that I was most like, Oh, I completely forgot about this. Hey, rule wanted to make the fourth quarter frost era a thing of the past um that's something that he said um at least earlier on this week even last possibly but uh, what would you attribute last year's fourth quarter woes to and how do you think he can change that oh man uh well i don't know that it was just the fourth quarter though they had issues certainly in that one um I, I just think having a different mentality will probably help to a degree. And if they can sort of get to the point where guys don't press or feel the weight of the entire world on them in the fourth quarter, because that's where things were at in 2021 and 2022. At that point, you knew all the stats. You knew that they don't win games after they don't lead at halftime. You, you just 
it internalizes all the programs. So I think a fresh start alone will be a big help for Matt Rule and, and what he wants to do and, and to be able to try to play for quarters. Shafe, when so you were getting to meet some of the staff and, and they're kind of rolling them out and we're getting some of the personalities and, you know, God bless guys like Donnie Rayolo. I mean, it just is what it is, and I think that's great. Are you concerned or surprised at all with some of the new guys? A lot of the new guys just it seems like the sheer out reverence they have for their coach. Like I always wonder, there's a difference between like respect and, but I just the connection and the way that they speak of Coach Rule in terms of why they're here. Dangerous or a good thing? Is it like fire best kept in in the in the proper proper context? Well, I think it shows the loyalty that these guys have to Matt Rule, and it, it shows that when he asks them to do stuff, they're going to be doing it. Yeah. Here's what I also like about it. This is a staff that already kind of knows what they want to go and achieve mm-hmm. in terms of player development, in terms of how things should look at practice. And there, there's not going to be a lot of surprises. There's not going to be that growing period where – Coaches have to learn how to work together because a lot of these guys already have. I mean, Tony White kind of and, and Donovan Rayola are the two guys to probably have the most to learn this spring in terms of the Matt Rule system and how things work and, and all of that. Everybody else gets to hit the ground running. So I think that's kind of a good thing when you're assembling a staff. And, um, you know, the fact that a lot of these guys feel loyal to Matt Rule makes you feel like you're going to get their best effort as they try to go through this job. As you listened to those pressers yesterday um, keeping it with Rayola something that really intrigued me was if he were to pick up on the ruleisms right does he speak like coach rule because every other coach that we've heard from speaks like coach rule they're his guys but Donnie Rayola obviously was the only one retained from the previous staff until I watched it again yesterday and I, I listened one more time because I'm like, did he say anything that related to Coach Rule? And at the very end, he emphasized that these are our guys. When a question was directed to him about his guys, he said our guys. And I'm like, ooh, maybe that was like the first thing that is kind of a, a Matt Rule way. But am I looking too far into it? Is that just Rayola's personality and uh, he's just very cut and dry to the point? Or do you think at some point he'll pick up on the Matt Rule media way? Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing of all of this is how often are we going to talk to these coaches? I mean, we saw at the end of the Frost regime that they basically moved on to, uh, to it was going to be the coordinators and it was going to be Scott Frost. So I haven't talked to Donovan Rayola since last spring. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I, it's kind of actually hard to say what his – his speech stylings and patterns and anything would be like because he hasn't done a lot of media with Nebraska. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting how accessible these guys are. Another thing that I noted was that this is the first time a strength coach really met with the entire media. Um, And it feels like a lot of these guys have had media training because they all seem very comfortable with it. Um, So it's all been kind of interesting to just kind of sit back and take note of. Shave super astute. Just yesterday... (laughs) Had someone from the support staff call me. We are just kind of shooting the breeze, catching up, and uh, not catching up. He's, I think he's kind of checking in, and, you know, I'm listening, and it's going really, really well, and, we, you know, we kind of talked about recruiting, and 
he's got a lot more leeway just because he's not working under the same constraints as the direct staff. But you saying that cues me into almost everybody is on the same page, right? They're utilizing everybody within that organization to spread and kind of share the same message, right? Now, he's, you're even using strength and conditioning as a conversational tool or a, a communication outpoint to further educate the masses. Like, I, I think you're spot on in kind of seeing that from afar. Well, I, I think the takeaway from all of this is Matt Rule has largely been exactly what we were told he was going to be, or as he said in his own words. I mean, he put together a staff that reflects the idea that he wants people that do it how he does. I mean, he's, I'm not saying he's trying to do Baylor 2.0 or anything here at Nebraska, but he has a playbook. He has a, a you know plan that he's used at other places, and it doesn't feel like he's going to deviate from that. And a big part of it is everyone's got to pull in the same direction. I mean, he said that multiple times in his opening press conference, and I think we've seen a lot of that in his actions and in the words of the people around him. We're speaking with Mike Schaefer, Nebraska football and recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Mike, uh, one last question for me about recruiting, because I meant to get to this, and then I completely changed gears in my head. You know, you say you have a ton of nicknames. I feel like thoughts just kind of run through my head a lot, and, you know, I, I get off track. I think a lot of people know that. But uh, in regards to recruiting, I wanted to ask you about Carter Nelson, because he's acquired – about 30 offers now from some of the biggest schools in college football. This has to be the most attention Ainsworth has ever gotten, right? As far as I know, I mean, the only other recruit that I can think of out of Ainsworth was a basketball player named Jesse Carr that went to Colorado State. Yeah, good player. The big, the big question was whether um, Tim Miles was going to offer him, I think. Or, or no, Josh Savage. Maybe it was Doug Fathers, because I think he played for 10 miles at Colorado State. But, yeah, I mean, Ainsworth is not somewhere that it anticipates D1 athletes and certainly not guys that are going to be bringing in this level of attention. Shafe, which, which one is, it was, is gonna, was more difficult for you to kind of reconcile when you're looking at the attention and the offers and you've got to pit it against high school the, the high school prowess. Well, you think it'll be Carter Nelson, or will it have been Malachi Coleman? Well, so I think, and this is probably a little unfair because I'm just allowing one thing to dictate it. I think it would be Carter Nelson because Malachi Coleman's played 11-man football. Malachi Coleman has played classic football. I mean, I really thought his junior year, I saw real progress, you know, from game one until they were playing Gretna. He was one of the best players on the field in a game that features a number of D1 guys. So, Carter Nelson's never been on the field with another D1 player. Um, so, I, I feel like he's got a much steeper curve, mm. even with a ton of raw athleticism. I mean, that's what makes all of this really fascinating. Everyone's basically seeing a kid that they feel like they can develop and mold, but it's not because they've seen him do it at a really high level on the football field. It's because he's just a really good athlete with elite measurables. Shafe, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, guys, take care, and best of luck with those smash burgers. The weather's going to be decent. you gotta, you got to get back on the horse. <laughs> I'll send you a photo, and you can give me a grade. I bet it's going to be like <laughs> a four. <laughs>
Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks, Mike J. That's Mike Schaefer, Nebraska yep. football and recruiting for 24-7 sports. Great last question there. You've really made me think. I don't know if you could tell by the way I reacted to your question. <laughs> I just think I just think it's interesting because people always want to know, like, hey, why not more talk about, why not more talk about it? All I can really talk about are the offers because watching in the offers, it's it's just it's really hard to compare. And I just know I know the pressure that I think that the Coleman family fought to and maybe pressure's not the right word, to kind of live up to the attention when you have to actually go out there and play because there are some things that just aren't in your control. I mean, can't can't throw yourself the ball. Like, there's just there's just some similarities. Lots still to get to. When we come back, though, I want to go back to what we talked about right at the beginning of beginning of the show: XFL rules that the NFL could adopt. That's next.